It's time for Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League. It's football, baby! Football fans, this show is for you, as the show brings you the most up-to-date information from the league's franchises across the country. Let's get it going now! It's time to get Inside the MFL with your hosts, Dr. Richard Miles Sr. and Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Welcome to another edition of Inside the MFL. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miles Sr., CEO, Chairman, and Founder of the Minor Football League. Uh, we get this as a nice cold Saturday, but then again, it's football weather. Uh, and I told y'all, one day she won't be able to make it in. Of course, you know, she getting ready for Super Bowl and doing all these other interviews and stuff. And we're not that important, you know. And don't tell her I said that. But uh, Kelsey, you know, she's doing other things, as you as you can imagine, for uh, the NFL or all the shows she's going on. So I'm going to wing it myself today, this morning. But then again, I got some I got some big time help with me today. I bring on a good friend of mine, AP. I mean, great journalists around the country. I mean, authority on college uh, football, basketball and NFL. So let me bring them on. Hey, AP, can you hear me? Hey, uh, Dr. Miles, so great to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Now, we're going to get into first um, the MFL, and I'll let you chime in, and then we always take time to go around basketball and football. But right now, uh, let's talk about the MFL. The MFL is the laboratory of change, and what we mean by that, we want to bring former players from the from the field to the front office. We, what we mean by that, we want to give them an opportunity for ownership, general manager, head coach's position. The NFL is, we are, no, we are not, we are, have any uh, relationship with the NFL. You know, the NFL is another totally different entity than us. We have no, uh, no affiliation with the NFL. We want to get that uh, uh, straight all the time. The NFL is the laboratory of change. Now, AB, why I got you on the phone? AP, why I got you on the phone? Let's talk about this. Um, you, we know that it's, the NFL got thirty-two franchises, right? Correct. Okay, and there's thousands of universities across the country. So you do the math. Why, you know, I tell these young people what I'm telling you. Why the MFL is significant because you got a lot of kids. Well, not because of the portal and everything. I'll let you expand on that, too. Why the MFL is so important? Well, you have other opportunities. So, in other words, if you're not seen by a scout or a general manager or an assistant coach or an owner or head coach, um, you know, they're missing your talents. You want to have a stage. It's like being off-Broadway. Off-Broadway, people get to Broadway because the people from Broadway, they, they circulate and they watch these other talented people at other venues. So it's important to have the, the more venues so people can have opportunities to show their talents and showcase all of their abilities so they can move up on to the highest level. And absolutely. You've seen a lot of these young men come out of college, A.B. I mean, you, A.P., you, you interview a lot of these guys. You know, you was down at the, the Heisman Trophy uh, nomination stuff. But, you know, we want people to understand that the, the MFL provides an opportunity that you don't find outside of college or professional football, meaning we'll give you a platform to play. Now, no, we're not the NFL. Uh, we do not pay players. We make that clear, uh, AP. But we have a million dollars worth of insurance, case of injury. We take it to traveling, hotel, and provide the uniform. So 
Right now, it takes five years to get football out of your system. We give our, our, we give the players an opportunity to have film where we where they can take if they're interested in uh, showing the NFL or the Canadian Football League some film. They will have that. Wouldn't you say that's a great opportunity? Yeah, a- absolutely. Because the first thing they're going to tell you is, oh, send me a video, send me some film on this particular player. And if you have that going against uh, similar type athletes, then it, it verifies that you can perform uh, in the game of football. So, But you need that opportunity uh, to play the game and continue to showcase your talents uh, after you graduated college. Absolutely. And also, I, I just want to point out, uh, the MFL, we're not doing a cattle call. We want young men to send us their film. We want to sign 60 players per franchise, meaning we all we just want them to send us their film. Uh, we'll take a look at it. You register here with the MFL. You're one of the players to play on that franchise, depending on where you live at, where that franchise is at. Of course, you know we have the different franchises across the country. And we're going to be putting 16 in Africa, something we will elaborate on later in the show. But, you know, how important is that? Uh, uh, well, well, if it's close by, you know, and it's regional, it'll, it'll help you as a player uh, be in the same part of the country. So you can, you know, maybe, you know, cut down your your cost to, to try out that type of thing. So um, it's vital that you send in your film. You can be associated with a team in your region close by so you have an opportunity. And, and, you know, I, I think that, that's, you know, that's big volumes. We, and they, we, we said we're not going to do a cattle call. You know, when, when they had them different uh, companies say they're having a combine, the kids travel all across the, the country, wherever they have it at, you got to spend airfare and stuff. Then you got to pay for a hotel. Then you got to pay for registration. And then next, uh, you work you out for 30 minutes or something to say they'll get back to you. The great thing about the minor football league, we already have 32 teams that we need to fill. 32 franchise. And would you say that's a great thing? Oh, absolutely. Because like you said, the more opportunities for players to perform and uh, others, a pair of eyes can get uh, a look at their talents and abilities, then you're increasing your chances to move up to the next level. Absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, AP, you, you're a great journalist. You've been doing, I mean, you, you you've covered everything all around the world. We're going to just switch. uh, uh, We're going to switch. We're going to switch conversation for uh, for a short minute. Now, college, I'm going to just get we don't go into college and we talk about college football. Uh, As you know, uh, what's the name from Ohio State? Uh, got the um, the Heisman Trophy. For, I mean, the kid from USC. You yeah. had an opportunity to speak with him and everything. I, I mean, did. you see this kid staying or coming out? Yeah, he's going to stay another year because uh, this is only his third year, so he has to stay in college one more year. And uh, he was terrific. Uh, he can't play defense. Uh, I think that's uh, evident in the record of his team. He put a lot of points on the board, and he, even though they lost, I think Utah was one of the people that held him down, right. other than Sheck. But he saw that Cotton Boy, he, he lost and put a lot of points on the board, but he can't play both sides of the ball. But he's a terrific passer. Absolutely. He Did he surprise you? Uh, yeah, the, the, the first, you know, you know uh, Dr. Miles, 
The first time I saw him on TV was the Oklahoma game as a freshman, and I noticed that arm strength. I mean, he just whipped that ball down the field. I said, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen such arm strength in a long time. And that was, that caught my eye immediately. And then the bravado and the confidence that he played with, uh, I think it was against Texas. They were behind, and they ended up winning the game, and uh, he came off the bench. And so I said, uh, I'd be watching the, the player in front of him, which was Spencer Rattler. I said, I don't think he's going to be playing the position that long. He did. Uh, they ended up making a switch. Uh, Later on in the year, so Caleb Williams, yeah, he's a terrific talent, uh, smart, um, can make every throw, and just needs to get a little bit more defense from his team because uh, he'll he'll uh, give his team an opportunity to win because he can uh, get into the end zone, you know, whether it's running the football, throwing the football. I mean, he's a, he's a great leader. His teammates love him. And, you know, we are familiar with him because he went to Gonzaga here in Washington, D.C. So I'm familiar with him. Uh, I, I thought he was a, a heck of an athlete then in, in, in high school. So getting there and, and getting the opportunity uh, with the coach up there that uh, came over from uh, Oklahoma. But out of the, the quarterbacks that that uh, that was there for the Heisman Trophy, was it any doubt in your mind? Did you see anything? Because I thought... Uh, the kid from uh, Ohio State would win it. I, that was my CJ, take. CJ. I just thought that, he, you know, he no, would CJ. get it. Yeah, see, yeah. Uh, so what did you see? Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, of all the quarterbacks that were there, you know, they had the quarterback from um, TCU as well and the quarterback from Georgia. Three out of the four had lost their last game. And Stetson right. Bennett, the fourth, was the only one to win his last game. And I wasn't sure. I thought Caleb Williams would win. I thought, as you said, maybe C.J. Stroud would have an outside chance. But I really thought going into the event on that Saturday that the winner would be uh, Caleb uh, from USA, Caleb Williams from USA. You know, uh, now, thank you. You invited me there for the – up there for the Heisman, you know, I was a little tied up with everything. How was it there? How how was the atmosphere up there and stuff? Yeah, it's a great event. Yeah, it's a great event. They have tremendous access on Friday at the Marriott Marquis uh, Times Square Hotel. We're up there on, I forgot what floor was exactly, but they bring the the four candidates, if that's the number that they allow uh, at the event, and we get a chance to sit down with them individually at at a table for, let's say, about I'd say 20 minutes to 30 minutes. So that's a long time, you know, because you can move from table to table and interview the four candidates. So that's fun. And then they bring them back at 6 o'clock Saturday afternoon. We have one more last chance before the the event is televised at 8 o'clock that evening. So we have two opportunities to interview the candidates. And then we also went on Saturday afternoon, early afternoon, we went up to the venue um, with Lincoln Center, around 60th Street and Broadway, I believe it is. So we went up there to take a look at the venue and we were able to um, take some photos as well. So I love going to the Heisman Trophy. You see other people from around the country in the media. You get a chance to visit with the sports information people and the head coaches sometime of the candidates. So I always recommend it if you have an opportunity to make a trek to New York City. And that's that's a fun place. Christmas is a you know, right around the corner, so everything's decorated. It's a lot of fun to walk around in that 
you know, and, and just uh, we'll wrap this college portion up. But let me ask you, you were de- down at the national championship game. Uh, I know you from down the South and I know, you know, you know, I know you wish Bama was in there. Maybe it would have been better if Bama did play. Cause that was like a high school team playing a college team. Yeah, that was, I, and I, I don't like to say this, but I think that's the worst football game that I've ever covered because you see a team like TCU put 51 points on Michigan, and I thought Michigan was a good football team, represented the Big Ten, but defeated Ohio State by three touchdowns, and Ohio State was a one-point game against uh, Georgia in Atlanta. That was the third time Georgia had played in that venue, and I couldn't believe that TCU, they scored that one touchdown and make it 10-7, to I believe, and then it was lights out. It was over. When it was 24 to 7, I'm thinking, well, they can get that to happen. Well, it was 38 to 7 at halftime. It was a long, uh, a foregone conclusion that TCU was, was not, it didn't show up that day. And Georgia, they just plowed right through them, around them, over them, whatever you, 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 you know, however you want to say it, but they were just too strong, too big, too fast, too powerful, and just dominated them. I mean, it was like, I've seen better FS. C teams, uh, FCS teams play against uh, somebody like Georgia. Yeah, that that was bad, you know. And and you know, just uh, moving from their uh, college ranks, let's go to the NFL. Uh, now we we want to also talk about the playoffs. Now, and I want to ask you something because which one of those college uh, quarterbacks you think should go in the first round in the NFL? Well, I think C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, he has the, the, the size and can throw the football. He's very good, talented. Um, and it's just a, a preference, really, because Bryce Young, of course, won the Heisman Trophy uh, in 2021. He, he's very uh, gifted and poised in the pocket. Uh, he's elusive, can get around and, and by the rush. But he's slight, slight of frame, about six foot, 190 pounds. And it just depends if you want a quarterback that's big, bigger in the pocket, or you you're, you trust somebody like Bryce Young, who's been a, a fabulous leader since high school, you know, led Alabama to a lot of wins and won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, those two quarterbacks. Then you have Will Levis out of Kentucky. He's probably the prototypical type, like C.J., big, strong quarterback. But he uh, struggled at Kentucky this last year. He didn't get much protection. I think he was sacked over 40 times. Um, but we all know that somebody like Joe Burrow, he has an offensive line last year that was not very good, but he still was a winning quarterback. So you might want to consider that because in the pro ball, we know that things are not always perfect. I mean, CJ, he had a tremendous line. Bryce Young had a good line. So they got a lot of protection. Um, and, you know, uh, so those three quarterbacks are going to catch the eye of most of the scouts. It's just a question on, on the uh, preference. Do you like a big quarterback who stays in the pocket? Or are you comfortable with having somebody like Bryce Young, his slight frame? We've seen guys of that size play. But, you know, if you look at the playoffs, we had two six-five quarterbacks, uh, the Jaguars and, and right. the Chargers. How many passes were not down? They're both six-five and six-six. How many passes were not down? Those guys are six-five. Right. So let me ask you, we'll go for the NFC first. Now, of course, you know, you got the Philadelphia Eagles and right. you got the 49ers. I think that the 49ers are in trouble. That's my opinion. And why I say that is 
the quarterback for the for the kid done a great job for the 49ers, yeah. yeah. but he's still a rookie. Something that Kelsey uh, talked we talked about uh, uh, during the playoffs and stuff. And you know he was rattled. I mean, uh, Dallas had him rattled. Uh, I don't think he can make those same mistakes and recover. I know they try to protect him as much as he possibly yeah. can. Uh, uh, the coach up there, the 49ers, but. I think he's going to be really tested, and I don't think that he will. He just don't have the seasoning that uh, Philly quarterback had, your opinion. Right. There's nothing he can do about experience, right? He played, he's on a, what, seven-game winning streak, I think. Is that right? And Brock Purdy, we're speaking of him, the former Iowa State quarterback. Now, he's played in some cold weather. You know, Iowa State, that's cold weather country. So he's coming to Philadelphia. I'm sure it's going to be fairly cold. But like you said, <laughs> any any mistakes the quarterbacks make will be magnified because these teams are maybe they're pretty close in talent. So if they have you know one turnover is an advantage, a field goal, a touchdown, that might be the difference in the ball game. Jalen Hurts, and you know I've covered Jalen at Alabama, right? And when I first saw him, I was thinking, uh, you know, excellent uh, college quarterback. He as a freshman, he was the most outstanding player in the conference as a freshman. And then he ended up playing the second year, and then, then the next year he, he uh, you know, Tua Tunga Bailo took over, and then Jalen ended up transferring to Oklahoma, where he became a much, much better passer. He improved his accuracy. We all know when you're looking at quarterbacks, that's probably one or one A. Are they accurate? Can they do they have poise in the pocket? And Jalen, it's been a fabulous story. His maturity and development. While he's in the pros, and you know, a, cu- a couple of years in college there, where he it was it was uh, a steep a road for him to get to that level to become a pro type quarterback. You could have him a, a passing ability from the pocket. So, but Jalen's playing at home. We all know that what we learned is if you have receivers and tight ends that can catch the football, all of a sudden you can be a much better quarterback. And they brought him right. Brown. They brought in Brown from Tennessee, right? The receiver. Yeah. So, and they had Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama in 2020, I think it was. So, uh, you know, Jalen has some good weapons, and then he runs the football. What did he have? Seven, eight hundred yards rushing himself, and he's cut down on his interceptions and his mistake. And Philadelphia is a difficult place to win a game. That, that's a difficult venue for anybody. Never mind a rookie quarterback, but. If, if that rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, gets the ball to his playmakers, he'll be fine. But it's when, like you said, if he gets rattled by the defensive team and turns it over to a fumble or you know some type of uh, sack where they take the ball from him or an interception, yeah, it's an issue. But it's an issue for Jalen as well. Both quarterbacks, you want to stay right. free, no turnovers. Right. Okay, let's go to the AFC. Uh Kansas City might be in a little trouble because I, I still think that uh, Mahomes is still hurting. And you know what I mean? I, yes, I just yes. don't trust the fact that I think they're hiding uh, how bad he's hurt. Uh, you know, what, what are you taking on? But I'll tell you, the kid from Cincinnati, he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, let's take a look at Patrick Mahomes first. You know, one of his greatest assets and skills is his ability to be elusive in the pocket. And while he's running around, his eyes are directed downfield. He's able to make those throws because he has that baseball background. So from any angle, he's made, he's completing passes. Now, his effectiveness in that area is, is hampered with his injury, as you stated. So he's going to have to be in that pocket more. And 
make the throws. Uh, can he win in that form and fashion? I think he can, but it takes away one of his greatest strengths. And then you look on the other side, Joe Burrow. I saw him play at LSU, a tremendous player. Like I said, even if they don't block for him, he just gets up and, and keeps competing. And he has excellent weapons at the wide receiver and tight end position as, as well. So Joe Burrow, I think, I just think he will have an advantage in this game because Patrick Mahone, as you stated, is not going to be um, at, at his best physically and he can't run around and be elusive and, and cause trouble for the defense. So you, you can change your defense slightly, okay, because someone can stay with Patrick. Now he's not going to be as an effective runner. Right. But, you know, I, I think about Joe Burrows is the more matured, and I think he's playing – He's a little ahead of his times in terms of in terms of quarterbacks. It's just something about him. You know, how we used to say oh, the old, yes. old saying, "He got an old soul." That's, right. uh, that's what I think of when I when I look at Joe Burrow's. More importantly, I think this game going to be not a defensive game. This going to be a battle of the offenses, and <laughs> right. I say that because defense got to make a couple of stops. It's going to be very important that the defense make a couple of critical stops. I'm going to ask you. And making the stops, who, what defense you think will be able to make the stops when they need to make the stop? You think 49ers? Of course, 49ers are a quick team. 49ers, to me, is not a real physical team. They're, right. they're quick. And uh, we always say uh, it's no compromise for speed. They said it in the NFL and every place, everywhere else. But I'm saying that one thing about their, their linebacker move, but also they bite a little bit. And then the defensive backs, if you put them in man-to-man coverage, they're really not that good. They're good zoning up. Right. But I think they won't have to – they won't be able to uh, play the zone as much because uh, the 49ers are going to have to come after him. You know, the four, I mean, I'm 49 uh, I'm sorry, Kansas is going to have to come at him. If they don't come at him, he's going to pick them apart. So what, uh, what defense would you say – would you say, uh, and, and as you know, Cincinnati defense been playing really good, but, you know, Apple, uh, uh, <laughs> he always get beat at the wrong times. But what right. defense you think you would give the nod to in terms of who would be able to make the stops when they need to? Yeah, I think um, when I'm looking at somebody defensively, I, I think possibly uh, Kansas City playing at, playing at home might be, might be slightly better. But that's not to say Cincinnati's defense can't come up with a stop or two. But playing at home, sometimes you're moving faster and quicker, and uh, you know that's just the way it is psychologically. It's you know even subconsciously you, you play faster at home. You play with more more confidence and bravado. But but I just I mean Joe Burrow. I just favor Joe Burrow in this game. I I just think he's he's gonna he's gonna be effective because he's, he's more healthy. Patrick Mahomes. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. Who would you give the running the running edge to? I mean, they got McCaffrey. They brought him up, which was a good move. Um, and then you look at Mix. Uh, who do you think? And of course, you you're backing him up. You you, you know, um, uh, who would you think would be have the better running attack? Yeah, you, if you're talking about the 49ers, yeah, I like Christian McCaffrey. He, he seems like a gamer to me. Uh, I, I like I like him a lot. And and then you have the, the backup for 49ers, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he had fifty. Uh, he has had a fifty-plus yard scrimmage the 
Cards in four of his, his five playoff games, the backup, Elijah Mitchell. So the 49ers are pretty tough running, running the football. And, and what makes the Philadelphia uh, run game is, is uh, the quarterback, you know, Jalen Hurts. He can get out ahead of the defense and put a lot of pressure on them. So I think the Philadelphia, they rely more on uh, more on Jalen Hurts for the run game, really. Well, well, when they would, they too would have to meet in the Super Bowl. Do you think Kansas City a running game was would be more effective than uh, you know uh, the Bengals? The, 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 oh, I, I think um, Kansas City they don't they don't run the ball that well. Although they're fourth in total offense in the NFL, I think that uh, Cincinnati probably has a little bit better running game. You know, Joe Mixon, I, I would favor him. Yeah, B-Rod been doing a good job, too, in relieving Mix as well. Yeah, so I, I would favor that Cincinnati from the game. He had a career, career playoff high of 123 uh, uh, last week. So Joe, Joe Mix, he's been there before. I just like him. Even though, you know, Kansas City, uh, you know, they're a high-powered offensive team, but I, I would favor him Cincinnati. I, all right, who? Let me ask you this: the secondary, Kansas City, or would you say Cincinnati? Um. Well, I. I yeah, <laughs> I'm I, putting I, you on the spot. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I just favor, I just favor Joe Burrow against any any secondary. I just like the way he played. I like that he has some big receivers. Um, you know, and he just. First and second down, you may stop him, but he just keeps coming strong uh, play after play. I just like the way he competes as a quarterback, and I like his set of receivers. You know, Jamar Chase, you know, they played at LSU together. That is a tough matchup for anybody. you got to have to guard Jamar Chase, and you consider that Joe Burrow, they played each, with each other since LSU. Uh, and, you know, T. Higgins is a big receiver. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, they got some good people. That side of the ball. I just whoever Joe Burrow is going against, I'm, I'm favoring him against anybody. You know, when you think about it, so you know, I, I'm gonna put you on. I'm gonna put you on the spot. So you saying the Eagles and and uh, Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl because, I, as you know, Jalen Hurst, he got his receiver that played with him in Alabama, the Heisman right. Trophy winner. Yeah, for last. So. Yeah. Yeah, Devontae, um, yeah, Devontae Smith. That that would you know that would be some. Wouldn't that be something? Uh, if if yeah. LSU versus Alabama, the quarterback yeah. receiver would go against each other. I you know I haven't even thought about it uh, in, in that perspective. <laughs> I thought I'd put you on the spot. I knew that would get you. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. Um, I, I guess if Cincinnati was to be in the Super Bowl and uh, Philadelphia, I, I just like something about Joe Burrow. He's just Real tough, and he, he he doesn't get flustered, and Jalen doesn't either. But but Joe Burrow he's, he's the better passer overall, pure passer. Right. So uh, if I ask you for your pick right now, who would it be? Yeah, uh, if I'm I putting you on the spot. AP. <laughs> you are. Yeah. I would say I'm looking at Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl. I guess that's my choice. Okay, because you know everybody listening to you down in Alabama, down at your homes. So they, they, you just made a, a, a good point. Alabama against LSU, and then you just run against Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Well, hey, I, I, 
everybody knows AP keeps it real, Miles. You, everybody Absolutely. knows that, right? Yeah, I tell yeah. you, like I, I've been watching it for 50 years. I trust my eyes, and I know Joe Burrow. Absolutely. I watched him. He, he, he's outstanding, and he's he's a tremendous uh, football player. As is Jalen Hurts. Like I say, Jalen is one. Jalen's one of the best stories in a, quite a while for a quarterback mm-hmm. to develop uh, to be a runner. Now he's possibly an MVP candidate. It's a fabulous story. And and I told people I was one of the uh, people that said Jalen Hurts going to end up being the better of the quarterbacks that came out that year with him. Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and it, you know, I was right thus far. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you, AP. You know, it's always a pleasure. We, I'll be calling you from time to time. Kelsey's going to be really, her hands is really full. So I'm going to look forward to, if you don't mind me, call you, have you on the show. It's yeah. always a pleasure. Tell, tell MFL Nation how they can catch your show. Yeah, they can catch my show, AP and Kelly, as we see it. Uh, we're a syndicated radio show. You can look on our Facebook page and under my Facebook page, uh, personally, at AP Stedham and at also AP and Kelly, as we see it. That's a capital S, capital E, capital C. That means the Southeastern Conference. But we also discuss the other teams across the country, of course, because they compete against the Southeastern Conference. But we're on uh, every week. It's a weekly syndicated show. We have uh, outstanding guest and uh, Kelly, as I tell everybody, Miles, she makes me look and sound good on radio. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we, we know how to get people to make us look good, don't we, AP? <laughs> absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. And and AP, you know, I have to say, you know, I saw your uh, coach up here. He was at uh, 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 at the schools up here recruiting. Alabama uh, coach was up here. Yes. He was at. Uh, at a paint branch uh, in uh, a couple of college uh, high schools up here recruiting. So I guess he got to get his, get things back in order now because of this, uh, this portal. I, I think question right quick, is the portal a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's good for players to have their opportunity um, to look around just as the coaches do. Not every time your initial decision is right for you. We've seen uh, Jalen Hurts work out well for him. We've seen Alabama have a transfer portal quarterback or a graduate uh, quarterback. Jake Coker win a championship. We've had, seen Alabama bring in players. We've seen a number of teams. Caleb Williams went to USC, wins the Heisman. Uh, Ohio, um, Oklahoma had a, two or three quarterbacks win the Heisman who were transfer players. So we've seen some good things, and uh, it gives you that flexibility. And I'm, I'm all for the transfer portal. And whoever manages that best, Miles, no matter what the rules might be, the person who <laughs> manages those rules is going to be the winner. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you, uh, AP, for uh, coming on. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on Inside the MFL. And uh, I want to thank you. And like I say, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you've been watching... You, you've been listening to Inside the MFL. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miles Sr., and we'll see you next Saturday. Thank you. You've been listening to Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League, with your hosts, Dr. Richard Miles Sr. and Kelsey Nicole Nelson. For more information, visit MFLisHere.com or the MFL page under programs at dcradio.gov. Experience the MFL. 
how can we experience the MFF? The Minor Football League. Here's information on how you can experience the MFL. The Minor Football League was established in 1993 by founder and CEO Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr., a league created for the people and by the people. To learn more on how you can experience the MFL with the MFL team in your area, visit experiencethemfl.com or go to The MFL is Here. The MFL, the laboratory of change. Copyright MFL. No portion of this audio may be reproduced or re-recorded without the written permission from the Minor Football League. Visit experiencethemfl.com. This is a Mad Voice production.